G'day sports fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast. JLo and I had plenty on the agenda, but you know what? The AFL fantasy is really why most sports fans are here. A lot of people live and breathe fantasy footy, ourselves included, so we did a deep dive and talked through both of our fantasy teams, some popular names, did some quickfire hits on some other blokes that you might be considering, some left-of-field picks, if you don't mind. There's plenty of time to talk about the Western cellar dwellers in the NBA, and we might even do some bold predictions uh, in the future, but you know what? Fantasy footy is uh, what we care about the most, let's be honest, other than a West Coast or a Fremantle W, so... For that reason, we spent a chunk of time on uh, Wednesday evening sitting down just before round one talking all things fantasy. Hopefully, a lot of you guys uh, and gals out there have found a pivot from the Elliot Yo defensive position and some Roe Marshall owners uh, aren't in too much panic, but it is late on a Wednesday evening here in Western Australia, so I'm not going to waste more of your time with an intro, and instead, I'm going to give you the beautiful tones of JLo and I talking fantasy Footy. We are approximately 18 hours away from the first partial lockout of the AFL fantasy season. So we did initially say we we're going to talk a bit of basketball, give some bold predictions, but let's be honest, the Sportsby fans just want pure AFL fantasy footy. So how you doing, JLo? How I'm you feeling 18 hours out from the first lockout of 2023? I'm frazzled, mate. I've spent at least... Uh... At least three hours today on my <laughs> on my fantasy side, probably. I think there's been two full resets, full clear clearing of house. Oh, big dingers! Yeah, right. Yeah, and uh, but I I think if selection goes the way I'm hoping, then I'm I think I'm good. I think I'm there. I like most coaches, yourself included, spent copious amount of times just tweaking, changing, altering. Before the Elliot Yo news came out, did yeah. you hear about the Roe Marshall thing as well? No. Uh, well, I'll dive into that yeah. because I tell you what, there is plenty to talk about from a fantasy perspective. I think the smartest tactic, who knows how long this episode will go for, uh, I think we will definitely end it with the Mount, Mar- the Mount Rushmore, not the Mount Rushmore, uh, that we probably should have done on the last <laughs> podcast, yeah. but... Uh, there's plenty to talk about in fantasy circles. Debutants are popping up left, right, and center. There's ownership percentages that are fluctuating. And as I mentioned at the lead-off, Elliot Yo missing round one has caused a lot of coaches yeah. to not just reconsider who they're putting in their second or third defender spot, but that alters a lot of your structure. It might free up cash, or you might have to find cash to go elsewhere. So we've got to start in the back line. How's the back eight players looking for the Quisplorkin boys? Um, well, started with Doc. He's been there the whole time. Yep, same. Uh, I think most smart coaches will have Doherty at D1, but if not, that has to be the way to go. Yeah, and I, I do really feel like I want a second star back there, so I've uh, slotted in Tommy Stewart at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Dawson cycled through there, as did Sicily, but I sort of did a real deep dive on, on Tommy Stewart, and you kind of look it back at all his seasons if you take a few of his bad like his injury scores from last year you know he's probably close to 100 and years before that he's gone 105 and yeah and more so uh i decided to roll with him and um yeah and then some pretty normal picks there on out do have liam duggan back there at the moment 
Is Liam? I, I think he's going to stay there. Speaking of Liam's, is Mr. Baker still sitting in your side? Because he's a bloke that you were very bullish on as we watched the Richmond Melbourne hit out, and you didn't snap him up in our draft league, did you? Nah, someone. Nah, I think both of us were looking at him though, someone and I'll be honest, I, you do love to throw a curveball into the mix, and I was like, all right, like Liam Baker, yeah, whatever, he'll average sixty-seven, I'm sure, but he looked pretty fucking good in the limited game that we did watch and that he did excel in, and then everyone stopped caring as they do in the preseason. But I tell mm. you what, there's definitely some appeal in picking the bloke. So you sided with Duggan over Baker at this stage. Yeah, I have at this stage with Constable, Jinby and Chessa sort of rounding it out. Yep. Um, don't feel particularly safe in that, but it feels like the back line is where everyone's going to sort of just cough it up a little bit mm-hmm. to start the season. So I'll follow that trend. Yeah, with Dugsy, I just think... I've literally gone and watched at least like four fan of the preseason games today. Like just watched a half just to see how certain players are playing and how many snaps. And Liam Duggan with West Coast seeing the footy down there so much in their backline as they will all year. I think their backline's going to score really fucking well. I agree. Yep. There were so many times when you know Govzy or um, Bunga was just like, oh, I've got no one to kick to. Look lateral. <laughs> nah, not lateral. Like, you know, when you're stuck in a pocket already and then someone just gives you that little 15-meter lead. Oh, it was, yeah. It was always Dugsy. So I think I feel safe in him getting, getting me an 85. And with, with Baker, I just thought do, he, he probably will, but I, I'll just do it when I see it, you know? Yeah. Or, or there are going to be a few of those guys who you just miss every year. You got to remind yourself that this time of year, I've sort of been like, putting Xavier Dersmer in there and all the, and I'm just like you're going to miss some mate you can't have every bloke who pops yep. off so and it's not even the the big dogs like your Took and Jack Steele and Brayshaw like I actually before Elliot Yo's news broke had uh, Caleb Sarong as my fifth best midfielder and mm-hmm. I was like that looks elite I love having like that many dudes around and then when that news came out, I was like, right, oh, who am I going to chop? Do I want to cut Sarong? Do I want to cut Tom Green? Do I want to cut LDU? And like you said, you can't have them all. Yeah, so that's right. I, uh, I've actually, ironically, in a very different vein, gone down Tommy Stewart, but mm. partially because I only looked through his numbers from a season ago and I thought mo- forecasting forward to the way that Geelong's going to look, I'm like, that bloke just m- intercept marks for fun. And he... He's not going to be their skipper, but he's one of their best leaders, best players. I see him excelling. Did he miss much last year outside of the games he was suspended for bopping Dion Prestia? I can't quite remember. I feel like there might have been one little Me game too. missed. But yeah. um, I can't, off the top of my head, can't remember. I've looked through so many players today. It's it's not even funny. I feel like between the pair of us, we've rewatched every preseason hit out twice mm. in the last like 72 hours. But... Yeah. Just to address the the Yoey situation, if Simo hits a press conference tomorrow morning before lockout comes, he's like, look, he was touch and go this week. I think he'll be fine for round two. Could you still pick Yoey and play a Chesser or a Lockie Cowan that I've actually got in my D6? Just bat real thin this week and keep Yoey hoping that he'll bounce back next week? Or do you think, considering it's your starting side, that's way too risky to commence the season? Uh, look, it's not how I am going to be rolling. I definitely feel like that. It's, well, usually, as as long as there's no big injuries or like sweeping changes to rookies next week, you 
the first week uh, you can often make some adjustment trades true um, yeah you patch up so if if liam baker or plays really well or if yo if i think yo gonna set the world on fire i'm gonna play dugsy and then i can cut him back or something like that you can always adjust on the fly a little you're obviously locked yep. in a bit but i i'm i'm not going to risk it and i would probably want to give him a week off the injury to be honest just a, that's a bloke I'm... that's been like battling serious injuries yeah. for yonks yeah we thought he was coming back healthy he's now dealing with this issue i think it is wise to just cut him you know he's bringing back india side like if tommy stewart starts slow and you want to go down that route yeah. you could probably save yourself some coin by flipping between the two lord knows i'll do something like that this year yeah amen i've got uh will day in the spot that you've got liam duggan and i think oh, yeah. that'll be a very popular move for coaches who had yoey as their third best defender mm-hmm. i already had day in my side and yoey so i think that we'll see day's ownership percentage only increase still 7.7 7. uh and for what it's worth tommy stewart is 12.7 yeah so you and i both prefer tom stewart over jordan dawson fair uh i don't know that i um prefer him uh i feel pretty i just i feel like jordan dawson's gonna average 100 and that's you can take that to the bank and if that's something that attracts you go for it i just feel like tommy stewart might also do that um you save about fifty-five k, yeah. roughly. That, that's that's basically between the two. I just needed the. I have been like <laughs> scrounging for every cent I can get just to make my weird team work. So um, I needed the fifty k, and I feel like Tommy Stewart could go to those one hundred fives, one tens that he has sort of approached in the past. He had a weird year last year. Yeah, I agree. I'm actually just looking through his uh, uh, footy wire page now. He risked. Missed the round four clash. Don't really know why. He had like a 20 or a 40 in there. Round well. 13 was the buy and then missed those four games and then had 96 yep. in his return from suspension. Yep. And I vividly remember that was when I was like, here we go. This bloke is going hammer and tongs. Bounced on him, scored a 46. Uh, yeah. There's a 44 in there as well. That's so there's right. a couple of low scores. But you, like you said... You cut those two out, he's probably right there at 100. And we're thinking about him on the same level as Jordan Dawson anyway. Yeah, so correct. If you take out... The uh, COVID-affected 2020 season, he's pretty much averaged 95 for three straight years. Yep. And I don't think he's going to be any worse. So, yeah, I agree. I think that that extra cash is handy to have rather than go on the doors. He's in 20% of teams, and I do think he is the odds-on favourite to be the second best defender at the moment. But if you're going to pay up for someone, it's Doherty. I don't... I mean, there's a bit of price difference, but I don't feel as confident in Dawson's ability to hit, like, big hundreds... Compared yeah. to Stewart, Fair. who's you know gone one fifteen plus a couple of times. In he his had one sixty nine so. last year. Yeah. Um, all right. A couple of bench defenders. Who you got? Chesser on field. So who are your uh, bench defenders? Uh, these probably aren't. I've got Wilmot there with the E on him, hoping he gets a gig. I think he will. For the record, I think he's going to be a fine defensive pick. He's in my back line. Yeah. So hopefully, and and you know, it. it these two guys are just two hundred rookies. So I've got. Yep. I think he's what's his name something something Edwards from Sydney he's just a placeholder yeah okay. at this point um, tell me someone I'll change right now well for the coaches that are chasing Backman I, I need, do think that I Ale- 200k though. I think Alex Chincotta is still a fine pick okay. I might still mm. keep him in my side and put him in my utility I'm a little bit worried though that he played VFL for the Blues all last year and Carlton might just leave him there for a little yeah. bit so you know you gotta want you gotta have some dudes who are loophole options 
However, this bloke plays the first game of the year, so that makes it a bit trickier. Uh, Josh Weddle's too expensive, so yeah. I wouldn't go down that route. The other is dude, he, he's, is he playing? He didn't nah, play the probably not. Match the anyway. other dude who I would highlight, who I'm pretty sure has been named as a confirmed debutant, is Judd McVie mm. from Melbourne. I've already got him, but he scored ten from 80% game time last week and it really looks like he's going to play that lockdown defender role yeah. so he could be a nice heartbeat on your bench but I can't see him playing a lot if you want a bloke to put there that might not play early but could be a very like boom or bust type pick I think Josh Fahey from GWS is the one he averaged okay. 85 last year he's hit his third year in the system I think new coach he might get a game or two just coming off that half back line and yep. he's someone that I reckon the week he comes in I'll trade for him so if you want someone you can utilise as a loophole, that's uh, that's where I go. I you reckon. know, I've just flicked McVee back, um, not realising he was sitting in my midfield. So yeah, okay. I now can make it a midfielder or something like that. Not a terrible shout to have a bloke who's playing. Uh, speaking of blokes who are playing, uh, my top two midfielders are the two most expensive players in the game. Wow. Okay. And uh, as a result, I've had to sacrifice slightly around the grounds. Uh, like I said, I did have Sarong in my D5, uh, M5 rather, this morning. It's at the moment gone back to Dom Sheed, who started the season there. Yep. I don't was, know if he I'm started gonna... my morning in there. Now he's not in there. Yeah, yeah. I'm very 50 50 on the dominatrix. But okay. uh, talk. let's talk through like the top tier mids. So, how many of like the big, big dogs have you got in your midfield? Um, two. Uh, I would argue three. Okay. I got two. Yeah. I think Luke Davies Uniac is the cutoff. I wouldn't classify him as a big, nah, big dog. Nah. But he and Tom Green round out my top four in the midfield. Mm-hmm. And I feel fine having Lady, Brayshaw, and those two rolling into Dom. I might even look at maybe chopping like Sheed to a Warple to save 100 grand. I actually would say me 160 odd before the season starts and just keeping that coin in my back pocket. Mm. Uh, but I don't. I just like the way that my midfield structured. I've got the same three rookies that everyone else does in Ashcroft, McKenzie, and Phillips, and then Holland's on my bench as an emergency. Bailey Humphrey is sitting there at the moment, so I've paid up for those two. But Humphrey will probably end up in the forward line before too long. But how many? Traditionally, you'd love to bat deep in the midfield, not necessarily with big proven like superstars, but. You pay up for midfielders because that's where the majority of the points are scored, mm. which is a wise tactic. So how many rookies are you fielding in the mids at the moment? Uh, two, Ashcroft and Phillips at the moment. Okay. Um, and that's pretty much all the rookie depth I have. I've got Noah Long there at the moment. Um, but, you know, you can't. I'm not expecting him to do much. So I've got uh, those two, Phillips and Ashcroft. Didn't have the money for Philippu or Mackenzie yep. or there's a couple others I've missed as well. So those two, uh, yeah, I don't know how are we rolling through this. What are we? Do you want to reveal how the Westbrook uh, and mids looking? Right, yeah, Because uh, sure. I do love to hear the the way that your midfield <laughs> operates. And it's honest... for long time sports be listeners. <laughs> You know what you're in for. For new fans, strap yourselves in because this is going to be a treat. This is... Uh, <laughs> it, it's so different from the last one. Oh, which seen. makes it even better. It's so, so different. Is All Jordan right. Degoe still in there? No, he's gone. Uh, I didn't hate that pick for the no, record, I, but... Well, he... I was more a no than yes, but I could see the potential upside. He's. I really think he's going to have a 
very close to 100. He's priced at 80 or 79. So I think he's worth getting. He had the most clearances, most center bounce clearances, second most center bounce attendances. Yep. He's not inside anymore. He was getting a lot of that second run by a kick. Anyway, I think Dugo is a goer. But he and Sheed fall in the same sort of slot for me in that I don't. Just show me. Go and do it. Yeah, and, and then, then in, I can pounce on In them. two or three weeks. In, or if Sheed has a monster... I'll pick him up next week. You yeah. know what I mean? If I know he's... Or if he gets a 100 or whatever. I kind of feel that way about Warple, for the record, because he's mm. so cheap that I'm like, if Dom comes out and gets 82 against North, I can go down to Warple and still pocket 100 grand. Mm. So, I, I yeah. was, well, speaking of, I do have Warple at M6. I just had a look at their, their games and their numbers and really thought to myself, like, Warple had 31 touches. He didn't mm. look at, like he was trying. He, he didn't. He barely laid a tackle if any and you know if you add two tackles to his score he's on 100 and we're all talking about him everyone has him so i just think i feel a little i feel about as safe as warple in warple as dom but i save 100k so that's why i went yeah, that's with, fair. with yep. the warp daddy in m5 i have caleb sarong love it yep uh, i feel like he's like. gonna average 100 this year feel like he's probably just as good as andy brayshaw as an actual player um, and, you know, he dominated the practice match. Brayshaw had more touches, so did Brody, but I felt like Caleb Sarong was the prime mover yep, in there. can't argue with that. And I just think, yeah, he's going he's gonna to do better than his 88 that he's priced at, and I think he's going to go 100. Next one, LDU. We've already talked about him a fair bit. Um, he's just he's going to get a million midfield snaps for them. He looks like Pat Cripps. He's, he even... The thing that you love about LDU and the reason you feel you trust him this year is that he went out, he's talked about going and talking to Clarko before he came and asking yeah. what he needed to do and then... He, he said, sought feedback, yeah, right? Yeah, he said he did it and started getting really good scores. So I feel like he, he he's going to fluctuate more than some of these guys, but I feel like he averages 100 plus. Um, which I'd be stoked with. I What's agree. It? For the record, his ownership percentage has actually gone down mm. in the last week. He's only in 5.7% of teams right now. Yep. It was about 7% earlier. And I am stoked yeah. the cunts are jumping off him. I reckon he's having a big year. Yeah, me too. Um, so he's M4, Jack McRae M3. Love it. Um, just feel like Dunkley's gone. There's years he's averaged 120. Let's, he's 20 fucking seven or something like that. You know, he's not old. How old is he? No, it doesn't tell you on the app. Um, I'll find out. I want to say 28. 7, 8, yeah. He's still right in his prime. He's not... Absolutely, like, yeah. yeah. I just feel like he could go big. Um, and 28. Bit underpriced at 103. Like, come on, guys. It's fucking J-Mac. Tuke Miller, number two. Um, just love the bloke. And yep. couldn't not put in... The, the guy we talked about very closely, I think it was last week... Cal Mills playing each other this week, which kind of sucks. Um, but I just feel like those two, outside of Laird and Brayshaw, they're sort of a cut above in my mind, and yep. I just can't afford them. But I feel like Mills and Miller are the ones who are going to give us the most, you know, 110 pluses. They'll get 8 to 10 this year, and both of them could well and truly average 120. So that's my midfield. And so that's the a lot of the... A lot of talking, sorry. No, no, no. This is why we have you on, mate, because we we need to understand and uh, analyse the, the thought process behind the uh, 
Yeah, the Frankenstein tank. Because I legitimately did so much research today. <laughs> I feel like I know what I'm talking about. So, all right. So, sell me on, firstly, cow meals and then took me a lot. Because t- cow meals, a lot of people this pre-season, myself included, have been a bit scared off of the potential of playing in the back line. We know that Horse loves to throw his magnet down there. And he himself has said, yeah, I don't mind going down back and helping out the boys. But he did that last year and still churned out some massive scores, as we're yeah. aware. Tuki Miller had that hamstring complaint, but he also did say, for the record, when he suffered that injury or was held out of the practice game, that if it was a game for points, for premiership points, he'd be playing. Mm. So sell the fantasy coaches out there that are a little bit sceptical on why they should have those two big dogs in their side. Oh, I'd need the numbers in front of me to do, do it justice, but um, I just feel like... They're both, they both have the highest ceiling of anyone not named Rory Laird. Um, you could argue Brayshaw. I just feel like... That's fair. I think that's yeah. totally fair. I mean, Brayshaw had 180 last year, so, you know, hit pretty high ceiling. I think that's himself. his only career score over 140, though, for the record. There you go. So, I just feel like they're real boom players. Like, Cal Mills had a, like two 140s, a 150, and a 160 last year. And... Yeah, that's two weeks worth of score in one fucking week. So whatever he does next week, True. you can almost point. just be like, as long as you give me 70, you've averaged 110 for the two weeks, you know. Um, you know, he's a skipper now. I just feel like he's the number one guy. And you're right, he might get thrown around a little bit. But at the same time, that Sydney backline, they're pretty surgical when they move it out of there. True. Um, especially if Jakey Lloyd's back to his best and then they slingshot through Warner and the Gouldens and the likes. So I just feel like Cal Mills is going to do what he did last year um, and that's pretty fucking good. He's the third, Very best, fucking the good, third yeah. best scorer last year and for for periods he was the best until Laird he really got going yeah you're right um, actually he, he did he was the number one guy he and two miller um goes in and out um will always miss two weeks with injury but i think he's just my favorite player to watch so that's why i mostly put him in but it's similar to cal mills he has really high booms his floor is bloody 85 which you know as long as he's not doing it all the time you just take from midfield and just True, go yeah. uh, on to next week so I'm happy with their flaws. Love how high their ceilings are, and I and it's similar with J Mac in a, in a way, right? Like he could go back to that 120, and then I look like a genius. So there, valid points. I mean, out of the two, I would definitely feel mm, not more confident. That's not the right word, but feel more invested in picking Tuki Miller because uh, you love him. We've but I was just about years, to, mate. yeah, I was about to say, I reckon that's probably because I like watching him play more. Yeah, I think. Uh, I misspoke earlier as well. Andy Brayshaw did actually score a 140 later last season okay. against St Kilda. Yeah. He's 181. Also came against St Kilda. Hey. Do you know who Andy Brayshaw plays yeah. in round one? Yeah, mate. The Miley motherfucking Saints. Uh, all right. So if you've got Noah Long on your bench and those other two rookies, have you pretty much just got 200k blokes across the rest of the board? As in, uh, in your bench picks? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I've really, especially with the Ford line that I've crafted, uh, yep. yes. Okay. But you know what? It, things change. So this is just where I'm sitting now. If, uh, and yeah, anyway, 
move on because at the moment i've got 170k extra over the 200k basement blokes invested just in my midfield yeah bench. it's a lot and i was looking at it i was it's like if lot. you take out those two and then let's say Lockie cowan who's on my field and i play chesser instead that's 200 grand mm. extra that i've invested in rookies uh i'm yeah. as i said on yesterday's pod talking all the rookies and cash gals i think it's important to pay up for some of these top tier draftees if you got the capital to like clearly i've got Humphrey, Hollands, Cowan, uh, Mackenzie, Ashcroft, Philippou, Sheasel, mm. Noah Long's in my team at the moment. Yeah. So a lot of dudes that were drafted. Jinby as well, yeah, of course. So a lot of the dudes that were drafted that I think are going to be or hold at least like really good job security. However, if you can utilize, say I spent that 200K on Dom Sheed and it got me, I don't know, Jing Jong Kelly instead. It's a massive plus. So got me, got me you, so wrong. Yeah, you got to toe the line somewhere, and it's tricky to do. But mm. I, I do like the way that my team looks. Like I mentioned, I got Laird Brash, LDU, Tommy Green. You don't have Tommy Green? Nah, I just you know like uh, uh, he can turned, only have so many dudes, right? Yeah, he turned into Cal Mills or Tuke Miller. Yeah, and I was like <laughs> bugger. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you, that and that was what it took. I was like, I don't want to lose him. But I was like, Jake, mate, like you can't have them all. You're so. going to have a bloke that averaged 113. I think you'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. I'll be fine. Yeah. Um, all right, Ruck still Timmy English and Romarsh? No, that has changed and that's Ooh. where I found the money. Okay, so before you reveal, let me give you the headlines <laughs> that I heard earlier. Not a big so, reveal. Yeah. Uh, Ross Lyon says he expects Tom Campbell to play senior footy alongside Rowan Marshall in a Ruck combination. Quote, Roe Marshall was almost the perfect ruck selection to start the fantasy season with his massive ceiling. Now we expect Tom Campbell to play alongside him, which will obviously limit his impact and force him to play in a forward line as they miss Tim Membry and Maxi King. So, mm. Roe Marsh in your side to start the year? Uh, he is right now. Same. I don't think it's anything to like dramatically yeah. overhaul your team for, but it's definitely something worth noting. Mm. If he starts to score a little bit shitty because I've still got English in the other ruck spot, I'm going straight up to Maxi Gorn. Yeah. I'm not too worried about Brody Grundy's presence. I still think that Gorn, probably more than Grundy, is going to get around the ground enough to average 100. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that Roe Marsh news, coupled with the Elliot Yo news, sent a lot of fantasy coaches into panic today. Yeah, so it's. Uh, I think I will stick with Roe Marsh. I've pretty much just decided I don't trust any of the ruckmen. That's fair. That's totally um, fair. <laughs> and have sort of said, well, uh, you know, I've really went and had a look at how did Sammy Draper ruck against Roe Marsh, to, you know, the, the other weekend. To compare it, And yep. he looked good. And I looked <laughs> like, I looked, watched Scotty Lysette, who looked like shit. I watched so many players and the the bloke I thought oh, looked no, the most solid is Cal Jameson for security um, with the idea being that, like, I'm just... I don't know. That's the one thing I, I don't have the answer for. That's where I've got all this money from. Um, because Tim English goes straight up against Gr Gorn Grundy. And then I'm pretty sure he gets some like tough opponents the next couple of weeks as well. But even there, you're like, oh, fuck, if they all go 75, like, because it could happen. Could. That's, very possible. Yep. You know, that's that's a lot. I don't trust either of those three. I don't trust Witsy. I don't trust Lysette. I don't. I don't trust Draper. I don't trust anyone. Like, I literally don't trust any of these fantasy ruckmen. So I kind of went, fuck it. Like, I think Jamison's going to get a 65. It's pro it's absolutely, I'm sure, not how I'll start. But 
It's how I'm feeling, actually. I don't trust Tim English. Don't trust the Melbournes. Hey, you know what? Cal know. Jam is priced under 40. Yeah. He could average 60 quite easily this year. I think he will. If he's 20 points better as your Ruckman, that's like a massive jump in value. And I mean, a lot of people, I think, myself included, tend to look at the two Ruck spots and you're like, fuck, like, I'd better have like the top dude in one of them. Oh, shit. Well, I'd better have like another really good dude because there's only two spots. Mm. But it's another potential spot you can make a lot of coin. And if you go down the Jamo route, like you clearly freeze up enough coin for you to turn Sarong and Tom Green into Took Miller and Cal Mills, right? Like it's a lot and, of cash and to Jack free McCray. up. And Jack McRae. And Jack McRae. So, look, I, I know you and I will struggle to sit here and justify it, but I can also see the reasoning behind it, especially because Nick Nat, he's battling that Achilles soreness. He's not long for the AFL, right? Nah, like he's nah. he's pretty cooked. Let's yeah. be honest. So, it someone has to step up as the next number one dude at the top of the ruck chart, and there's no reason why Cal Jamo can't do it because he looked pretty good this preseason. He did honestly look fantastic. He was jumping all over Riley O'Brien. His follow-up, who's not a scrub either, no, right? He's like, bloody good. He's a good tap ruckman. Um, yeah. And he was he was just jumping. He just had too much spring for him, and so I feel like he can compete against. Todd Goldstein and Tristan Sherry this week. Um, and his follow-up work was pretty solid. Um, he's just he's come on leaps and bounds. It's cool that he gets to play North Melbourne, who towed him up last year. Oh, did they? Yeah, it was his debut. And he was, was that in, the one when there was like eight yeah, fill-in West Coast Eagles? Yeah, Gus yeah. Dewar and all that played. And Shout out like, Aaron Black. <laughs> yeah, he got like a 20 and just got like seven goals kicked on him, the poor bastard. So poor bloke. Bounce back game. I think if you're going to go outside the Roe Marshall-Tim English combo and you don't have enough kahunas like JLo to pick uh, Cal Jamo, the only other one that I like the looks of is Jared Witts, mm. who's actually priced almost identical to Rowan Marshall. And if you want to get like a bit cheaper and a bit weirder, Tom DeConing could be someone that plays yeah. as their number one ruck and steps up. Average 62 in 19 games. Week, well, that's what I was about to say is he'll probably have to fight Pitnet. Mm. Because there was a report, I don't know if you saw it or not, that Sydney's apparently tabled like an eight-year offer to him, to wow. do Tommy DeConing. I did see Or at least considering the like idea that. of trying to pry him away. So right. I think he's a really talented ruckman and I'll be intrigued to see how Carlton uses him. They might just at some points be like, righto, you're the solo dude so that he feels included and wants to re-sign. And Pitnet's probably over the hill at 30. So mm. I think that would be wise for the Blues. So he's someone that you could go for, but... The, the Ruckman I like the most, if you're not going one of the four, let's say the four, if you yep. count Grundy in there still, I think, um, shit, what was his name? Who was I just thinking of? I was just looking at him. Not seeing Darcy? Yeah, it is. Sean Darcy. I, well, I've got a fair bit of faith in just his attack on the footy and his fair. and his heft. You don't get shorter. You don't get smaller during a game. Um, obviously battling with Luke Ryan. What's his deal? That's uh, not Luke Ryan. Luke Jackson. Jackson. Jackson just had concussion. Delayed oh, okay. concussion. Actually, it might have even been concussion. He suffered in a pracky, right. like a scratchy thing. Yeah, so yeah. he just sat out precautionary, but all signs point to him playing this week. Mm. I'm not even honestly concerned too much about the Jackson factor. No, I still neither. think that Darcy... I don't think Darcy will be worse than the 86 he's priced at. Yep, I agree. But I can't see him going like 10 points better. You know what I mean? I think that he's a good, safe 
high 80s average, maybe that's, low 90s. That's all the rucks are. Which, you've only got safe options. Yeah, which is fine. And I think that, yeah, he's a viable pick as well. But mm. he looked fucking great in the Pracky game. Eight but tackles. he did play against Scotty Lysette, who looked shit, which I'm taking, you know, take a little bit of his performance with a grain of salt. In yeah. my eyes. No, fair enough. I'll pay that. But I just, I do think he, he'll do that to half the ruckmen in the league. True. Yep. Big dog. So, yep. Uh, another big dog. The most popular forward, I think he's the second most popular player in the game. Josh Dunkley, uh, he is my first forward. I've steered clear of cogs up forward at the moment, and I think I'm just taking a little bit of your show-me-it approach because I believe that even if Taranto and Hopper were still there, I think that Tom Green was destined to get better because he's developing and he's young. Might not score a fuckload more, but because those guys have gone, I think the points are there up for grabs. Yeah, he's 100. Yeah. The rest, even if he's like 92, I'm like, I still think he's going to be, he's not going to be worse than the 85 he's priced at. But yeah, Cogs, Kelly, Whitfield, even Finn Callahan to a little bit. I'm like, I just want to watch like three more weeks of Giants footy and see outside of green. Yeah, what's happening? What's going on? So yeah. I think that... And he's, you know, Cogs, I think, is the second most expensive forward. Yeah, so he is. Yeah. I've steered clear of him and got Taranto, but then I've got your Rosie. Uh, steered clear of Goulden and gone okay. the Hornbag Francis, who yep. started in my first iteration of my team. So I don't know if it's just me being a bit stubborn or I genuinely believe he's going to be really good. Time will tell. Hmm. But he's sitting at F4 at the moment. And then I've got Sheasel and Philippou. With Sammy Sturt and Fergus Green as my uh, bench rookies at the moment. So I'm actually really happy with my forward line. That's probably the line that hasn't changed at all in the last week. I've done a lot of chopping and changing between having Rory Laird out of my team and then finding a bit more cash to get him in. Now the whole Elliot Yo saga, got another rookie down back. But my forward line has been concrete probably for a fortnight to three weeks now. So how's your uh, front Let's call it eight, included in the bench blokes looking. So who was your fourth? Horn Francis. And Rosie. Rosie's three. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've got the same top three as you. And then I've gone Tanner Bruin. I uh, just feel like he's going to get plenty of snaps, even with Mitch Duncan having not played and quite a few of their big dogs not playing in the preseason. I still feel like he's kind of come in and slotted straight in there ahead of a lot of the guys like Parfit. Yep. So I sort of trust Tanner's... He's priced at 53. I think he's going to go closer to hopefully 80 is what I'm hoping. Third year breakout. Yeah. Tommy Powell is another one. I who's love sitting this in one. There. And I've, look, I've had him in and out of my side and I've kind of gone, to, would I rather like Liam Baker and, you know, Alex Davies, who I do rate after watching the Gold Coast Suns uh, Giants game. Yep. But I think Tommy Powell is the one I've got the most faith in to potentially deliver the 80 that you're looking for. Yep. Um, yep. Amongst those kind of guys. And, right, that. And um, yeah, he's got plenty of room to go. Super cheap. And then Sheasel rounds out my forward line, which I, I sort of would tend to agree. I'm pretty happy with I, I've gone more mid-price, which is interesting. But, you know, improvement's improvement and value's value. So um, that's the way I'm going with it. But I am a little bit thin... I've got Fergus Green and um, what's his name? Laurie, Bailey Laurie, who's confirmed to play. Oh, has he been confirmed, has he? Well, that's according to AFL.com's sort of fantasy Pretty reputable uh, source. No, it was was the Traders boys, though. So I I trust them 
Um, but apparently he's been... Unless I've just totally fucking scrambled that, but I'm, I'm no, no. pretty sure. You're right. I'm doing... Uh, I missed a lot of the late mail, call it, from about one o'clock on today. Uh, <laughs> Judd McVie and Bailey Laurie both been picked to debut. Bailey Laurie, I was saying on the Cash Cows pod that I did last night, I feel like he's like legit fighting for his AFL career because hmm. he was drafted in the first round. It's his debut now. He's been in their system. I think this Never is heard the third, of maybe fourth year even at the club. Pretty tough time to come into Melbourne. Real <laughs> tough time, which is why I'm like, all right, like, what do you got, kid? Yeah, like, yeah. You're entering a team that's everyone's picking or the majority of people are picking to make a serious push at the flag. Mm. Are you legit or not? Because if he stands out in this side, then it's like, all right, like, you're probably going to be a footballer. But yeah. if he kind of just goes by the wayside, I could see him fizzling quickly but not a terrible bench pick I think that he's got yeah. footy talents averaged pretty well in the VFL last year I think harbouring back to what you were saying about Bruin and Tommy Power I don't know why in the forward line it feels safer but yeah, going for some of those yeah. mid prices seems like a oh yeah okay I'll, I'll do it in my forward line it's and because, I do it annually as well it's because your back line and your forward line outside of maybe your, your top two guys this is at the start of the year mm. you don't expect anything more than a if you get a 90 from anyone you're stoked yeah you're true. happy and true. that's why whereas in the midfield if I don't know one of those top ones doesn't hit you kind of like oh that could have been fucking Connor OZ getting a hundred or you know like yeah I think that's why so yeah, mid price away in the Ford, guys. Go hard. I might. I'm Have actually some fun. just uh, I'm multitasking here. I think I'm going to put Bailey Laurie in my squad. Average 68 in 17 VFL games last year. And if he's debuting, I think I'm going to pounce on him. Go he's on, in, Bailey. He's now my utility. Sorry, Noah Long. But uh, I think some coaches are worried about having Philippou on their field. You're not in that basket, obviously, because yep. you bat a bit deep. I think depends how you look at it. Yeah, I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven rookies at the moment. Eight if on you, field. Yep. Okay. Eight if you include Constable, who's a bit over the traditional like rookie price. But I've also got two dudes at every position that I'm like I could captain you a lot of weeks. Doherty Stewart, Laird Brayshaw, English Marsh, and then Dunkley Terrance. So I kind of have steered towards unintentionally a bit more of the traditional guns and rookies hmm. strategy and i don't hate the way that my team looks i think if i was putting a number on it i'd say i'm like a 7.6 out of 10 happy right now okay if i hadn't have had to change it because of the yoey thing and still had sarong in there i'd probably be an 8.6 but yeah i'm actually really content with how the large fries and coke have uh, materialized over the summer and do you have a bit more faith now in the quisplorkin boys after uh, initially sitting at, what was it, a three or four out of ten? Yeah, a little bit. The, look, the Jamison one is going to torment me all night. and then Hey, you know what? At least you got a coaster. You're going to enjoy watching the Mate, coasters. We we have tons of coasters. We don't need to fit coasters into yep, our Yep, valid team. argument. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but uh, I do just... That, other than that, I'm a, I would be like a friggin' 9.5. Maybe, a, maybe an 8. Yeah, actually, you said what? Seven point eight. Seven point six. I think I went with. <laughs> I feel I feel pretty good. I felt like I I was done, and then I forgot Jameson was there. Fair. Yeah. But um, I still might be done. I think I'm talking myself into it, and I'll hate myself in three weeks time. Hey, even if you do hate yourself, you'll still be able to watch Cal Mills, Jack McRae, and Tuki Miller rack up fantasy points. So well, yeah, that'll what soften it, the blow somewhat. What it let me do is keep LDU or Sarong. Yeah. So. 
I don't know. I feel like that. That's a fucking ping in midfield still. It is. It's a ping in midfield. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Before we uh, dive into the Mount Rushmore, I'm just going to talk about a couple of players that maybe haven't got a lot of shine on this episode. A lot of people uh, potentially considering them for their starting outfits. Let's do it. And you just give me a yay or nay. Jack Steele. Uh, not compared to the others. Not compared to Mills, um, Took and guys around his price. I think I would be yay him over Took and Cal Mills, but clearly we've oh. gone in a big way talking about how uh, I feel that way. Uh, Isaac Heaney. Nah. Dylan Moore. Oh, just show me. He's a show me. Yeah. Yeah, he's I, a weight. I tend to agree. I'm a lot higher on his teammate, uh, James Sicily, though. I'm a yes. What are you? Yeah, huge yes. If I had the money, I wouldn't. He, he'll be the first guy I'd try and get in, assuming there isn't some bolter or something. Fair. I yep. think the first bloke, depending on if That's he in starts... That's my defense, my bad. Of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Same deal. I think the first bloke that I'll try and target if he looks good, Aaron Hall. Oh, of course. Uh, it's a weight, isn't it? Uh, you need to see. He was in my side instead of Tommy Stewart for a period wow. of time, but I just can't bring myself to pick him to start the fantasy season. Well, you just you can't pick him until you see what Clarko. Oh, sorry, what Clarko does with him. Agreed. He might not be kicking in like last year. He might Clarko might not even fucking like the bloke. He so. might not play him. You're right. Uh, Riley O'Brien getting a lot of mention, but no. I don't think anyone's considered him as a starting pick. He's in three percent of teams. No, I think we've. Dived into the ruck stuff, you know. Ruck, yeah. In fact, even now with the Roy Marshall thing, I don't feel safe in any of the bloody fuckers, you know? Start, start Cal Jamison and Sam Draper and have a fun year. <laughs> it's a, you would have fun. I don't know uh, no, what though. type of fun, but you'd have some fun. Yeah. Uh, Christian Petrarca. Yeah. Bit discounted compared to some of the big, big dogs, but I think he'll score like a big, big dog. Uh, I think he will. He, uh, he's a bit like... Actually, he's very similar to Clayton. High floor, mm. not a huge ceiling. Um, he had that like 142, I think it was the first week against Gold Coast last year. I could be off on that. Um, sounds right. Sounds right to me too. But other than that, that was his highest score of the year. And so that, for the guys around his price, I'd prefer Bont over him. Same. Especially if Bont might get forward. I'd prefer Kelly over him. Uh, yeah, much of a muchness. Just, yeah, much yeah. of a muchness for me. He's got a great floor though, so you'll feel very safe getting him. He's like Pendlebury was a little bit. Yeah, fair. A uh, couple of other quick fire ones. In 1% of team, Noah Anderson. Uh, yeah, for sure. Price at 98 for the record. Oh, is he really? That's, yeah. That's which pretty is, XE. I agree. Um, I had him in my first, first iteration um, of my side a long time ago I just don't it's just a load of midfield there's a lot of guys mm. who are eating I think you know you've got oh it's supposed to be one thing so it's a no yeah okay yeah. Um, <laughs> Sam Berry from Adelaide someone that I really wanted in our draft mm. but uh, I missed the boat I think he he's priced at 84 I think he's going to be big like 95 territory that's not big so, well okay you know it's a yeah. 10, ten. I think he's going to be much better and continue to ascend as a young midfielder. Yeah, it's still a no. It's like you're either going to a primo or you, unless he's really you catch him on a on a hot run and make some money off him. It's a no for me. Yeah, I hear yeah. what you're saying though. Great tackler, and if he gets the disposals right, he has the foundations of being like a serious fantasy guy. But pretty hard to stand out next to. Lady. Yeah, agreed. Second last one, Zach Butters. 
Nah. No. Horn, Fra- Horn Francis no. is just taking his spot by the looks. Yeah, he's fucked him um, over a bit. Yeah. Last one. Tommy Libertore. Uh, what's he priced at? 90. Yeah. Bang um, on 90. I think you'll get your 90. Oh, 91. Sorry. I think you'll get your 91. So, depends what you're looking for, really. Uh, nah, not quite. Not with the guys. The underpriced guy for the dogs is Trelaw. Priced at 94 yeah. or something ridiculous. Yeah. Like, he's a hundred and something player, especially with Dunkley gone and Lockie Hunter gone. So, yeah, a couple of points up for grabs. Speaking of points up for grabs, uh, last Mount Rushmore that we did was the AFL fantasy players that we think would score the most total points. Uh, I can report that this was the biggest landslide victory that we've had <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. in uh, SBF history. Uh, I got 94% of the votes. Fantastic. So, you called it as we were literally doing it. You said, this was a bit boring. Yeah, sorry We guys. probably should have just tweaked it a little bit. So, we're back and better than ever. This time, we're going to pick the blokes who are going to score Shit. the most total fantasy points in 2023. But the caveat is that they have to start the year uh, or have to be entering this new season averaging under 100. Okay. So, the top bloke sitting on the list is Angus Brayshaw from the Melbourne Footy Club. But you don't have to pick someone who averaged 99. Shit. You might want to go on a little bit of deep dive. And I, I almost am glad that we're doing this somewhat unprepared because I okay. feel like someone will comment and there'll be some characters that slip through the cracks. But the two of us will also pick some absolute left of field cunts oh, as we do God. this. You have the first pick for so, the record. So I'm going to keep uh, waffling if you need me to. But so, so just to clarify. Clarif- yeah, I need some clarity on the rules on what we're looking for here. So is it... Who you're just picking the 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 most points as the collective amongst the four as you can, or is it you're looking for the biggest jump, or it's just the top scorers? The top, so like your Priced your first 100. pick, you might be like, righto, I'm picking Steve Canelio because I think he, out of every player who averaged under 100 last year, is going to score gonna the most the total yep. points. Okay, cool. All right. Well, with that in mind, I'm going to go ahead and take Timmy Trando. Average 95 last year. Nice safe pick. You know he's got that midfield spot locked up. Um, should average 105 minimum in my mind. Yep, can't argue with that. I uh, I think we did a well, threw in a wild card pick in the initial draft that we did. And I went down the route of drafting a Ruckman, a Ruckman that might not have as much faith in anymore but I'm still going to stick with him mm. and I'm going to take Roe Marshall oh, with nice. my first pick I don't think in fact I've never really thought that he was going to be the best fantasy ruckman this year I've always thought it's going to be Timmy English yep. but I do think that he's going to be in the top two or three in the mix with Maxi gone so I'll take Roe Marsh with my first selection that is who I was just dying off and sort of thinking, oh, yeah, no worries. He's locked up well and truly. Okay, makes it a little tough, especially on the fly. I'm, I am glad we didn't do this with any prep. Yeah, it does definitely add to the uh, the theatre, call it. Oh, boy. Of the draft. Okay. Some tricky ones. I'm going to stick with my guns, um, uh, sort of following up what I was saying before about Trelaw being the underpriced dog. I think he yep. goes back to... I feel like... For some reason, I don't want to say 105. I feel like he averages 107 this year. <laughs> He's so, like, ignored. I can't think mm. of a better term for it at the moment. But, yeah, I kind of completely forget that he's at the Bulldogs. Had 30 touches in the pracky along with all the other guys. You know, still there. He's still going to be playing the guts. 
he's he's just a great player. He's just had he's just has hammy problems. I think he's if he's back, he'll be well, well and truly the has top hammy scorer. problems, but still played twenty one games last year as well. Right. So he's a funny bloke, isn't he? And you know what? Like you're saying, this points up for grabs because Dunkley's gone. Trelaw might just slot straight into that role and be Bloody like yo. a full time mid again and dominate. Um. All right. Good pick. Great pick. Thank you. <sighs> it's left me in a. Not a predicament, yeah, but I'm so just... This is hard. It is. It's tricky. I'm just mm. trying to decide... I guess we're both kind of toe on the line between a guy like Trelaw or banking on the future upside of another cunt. So, mm. I think I'm... I think I'm just going to pick Cogs because he's going to be utilised as a full-time midfielder. Yep. I still have enough concerns and worries to leave him out of my initial fantasy side, but... You know what? At worst, I can't see him averaging less than 95. So, I still think he'll play as many games as possible and score a shitload for the Giants. So, he'll be my second pick. Well done, mate. Um, yeah. There's a lot of blokes to pick from. Mm. Having a good long look at Dugowie, I don't think he gets... If he averaged 100, I'd be... Well, you'd be bloody stoked, wouldn't There's you? There's a couple of dudes just a little bit... Not safe, well, safer than him, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. Um, I think I will go... I feel so boring going Tom Green. Um, right, I'll take John Newcomb then. I think the average is 100, 102, um, possibly high. He's just a workhorse, tackles a lot. Doesn't get the marks that you'd hope for, but he's going to have every opportunity to get a ton of the footy mm. um, in that Hawks midfield, so... Oh, let's get it all aboard the giant Newcomb train, mate. Well, I was literally just looking at going LDU mm. and thought exactly the same thing as you were saying, oh, Tom Green's a bit boring, so I'm going to do the similar thing and pivot. Yeah, I'm going to bank on Tommy Mitchell recapturing his form for the Magpies. Okay. I know that there might not be a ton of meat on the bone for fantasy coaches to start the year, but yeah. I still think the bloke averages close to 105 for the year. Probably not enough to have him in your side regularly. But he still should be pretty good. Yeah, he's well. Look, that means he's underpriced, doesn't it? Yep. Um, yep. I think he is. Yeah, I, I sort of worry about the handballs. You know, a little bit, eh? Yeah. Honestly, in a in a bit of a weird scoring Collingwood midfield mm. that where they have been traditionally. Yep. Uh, righto. Oh God, there is a lot names of names. Eh? There is some names. I was going to go way out the bag and go uh, Ashcroft, but I'm not going to do that. Oh, that would have been good. Uh, you know what? Don't know if I believe it or not. <laughs> no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Ollie Wines. Oh, yep. Love it. Because... I was looking at him. There's not enough people talking about him. He nah. was a Brownland medalist two years ago. And I, I don't know if he had a bad year or if it was Port had a bad year. It was Port that had a bad year. Because I tell you what, he the last like six weeks of the season, yeah, when I stopped giving a fuck about my team, I brought Ollie Wines in and he went... Nuts. The last three or four weeks, he averaged 120. Yeah, yeah, and he had, I reckon, a couple of hundreds just above that recent, like in the games leading up to it as well. So, yep, good pick. I was actually looking yeah. at he picking five him last. One, had five 120s with one, two, three, four, one tens in there. Mm. Oh, this is a tight draft. This has been good. I think... Couple honourable mentions. I was oh, looking at I've James. Got a, I've got a lot if you want some honorees. Yeah, we'll go through. Yeah. I, I, I've got mentally locked who I'm already picking. So yeah. even if you mention his name, I'm not going to deviate. Uh, Noah Anderson, I don't think he's going to jump up as much as some may think, but he's still good. Uh, yeah. James Sicily, solid. 
Jai Simkin, I'd prefer LDU. Uh, yep. There's a couple of other characters that I'm looking at, especially like a Lloydie or a Whitfield. But I think if I'm going for a bloke who's got a high upside, then I've got to go for someone who's going to be playing predominantly midfield. Yep. So I'm going Connor Rosie to round out my draft. Okay. He's priced at 88. Can he boost that by like 15? It's a big ask. He gets 100. I think he does. I think he gets there. I've got a bit more faith in him over someone like, I'm looking at the very similar price bracket. you got Sarong, Warner, Rosie, Newcomb, Nick Dacos even considered. Yep. They're all in that like, you know, very young in their, or call it within the first three or four years of their AFL career. But I think that uh, Rosie is ascending as a, maybe Port's best player. So... I'm yep. drafting another Port Adelaide dude to finish up a very tight draft, I reckon. Yeah, it's a, it's a f- in terms of who's going to score the most, I feel good. In terms of who people will think are like the fantasy sort of upside guys, I can definitely see your side. Taranto, though, is well. pick one. Like that's a, yeah, I would have yeah. taken him first overall as well. Yeah. yeah, look, we'll see how it goes. I'm looking forward to it. Looking yeah, that to makes two of us. Hey, mate. Hey. Thought he's nearly fucking here. We're here, mate. We're there. We're done. 17 hours and 10 minutes to go until round one. It's currently... Now, it's nearly 11.11 West Australian time, so I reckon it's about time that we uh, get some well-earned shut-eye and then wake up to look at our computer screens and change our teams seven more times before uh, the teams drop and then we get at the first game of the 2023 season. Yeah, how long are we going to have to... I guess we're prepared. Aren't we? If we are look, ready. We know we know who the Tigers and the Blues that are playing are going to be. I feel good. I feel good. I'm excited. I don't think my team is going to change too much. Yeah, I I say that, but I'm sure I will at least once tomorrow delete team and start again. Yeah, <laughs> at least once. Yeah. Just to just to see what what uh, what little tricks I've got up my sleeve. Uh, how many dudes have you got playing tomorrow night? Do you know? Uh, oh, it's it's changed a lot. It might just be Taranto and Doherty at this point now. Not too bad dudes to have. Uh, I got the same. I got Hollands on my bench though, and then good old Lock Cowan on debut at D six. So I feel like a lot of coaches will have the similar characters. Hopefully they all score well. Uh, I just I just want a good game of footy to start the year. I don't know about you. I just want Taranto to go absolutely <laughs> ballistic. That's what I want. I actually I want Doherty to just lock in the V. Uh, well, while we're sitting here, before I leave, let's just have a quick look to see who has the most Vs put on them. Uh, 14% of the AFL fantasy community have Doherty as their vice-captain. Fair. Less than two have Taranto. So yeah. maybe we want to go against the grain and channel a little bit of TNT time. Any other interesting ones in there at the moment? Or is it not? Uh, it's much of a muchness. You know, you've got the likes of Brayshaw's pretty high V'd. At the moment, Josh yeah. Dunkley as well. He's nearly 10%. And mm. then Clayton, Took, Steele, McRae. So, okay. I think a lot of With coaches like us are still making the final tweaks and changes, but footy's almost here. I'm excited. Yeah, and, mate. And tired. So, let's go to bed. Cheers. Thanks for yeah. joining. No uh, worries. I reckon we'll come back early next week and do a bit of a recap of round one. I reckon we'll do it on Sunday night for the oh, sit down, well, mate. It's fucking rude not to. Until yeah. then, mate, chip your fucking windy. Chip it, mate. 